0: Hey guys, welcome to the Hustle Faithfully podcast, where determination meets devotion.
1: Join us on all streaming platforms. You can find the links at bit.ly forward slash podcast hyphen links. As we continue our series of Burnout to Breakthrough, we have brought some incredible guests on here to let you hear their stories. Today is definitely not an exception. We have James Dentley on with us, and this man is absolutely incredible. You're going to want to make sure to record every bit of this so you can go back and listen again and again. Dr. James Dentley is the founder of JD Three TV and was knighted on February the twenty seventh of twenty twenty two into the Royal Order of the Constantine the Great and Saint Helen. Dr. Dentley is an inner or an entrepreneur, a best-selling author. Philanthropist and one of the nation's top life and business strategists. As one of the world's most renowned motivational speakers, Dr. Dentley is a dynamic personality with a highly sought after resource in business and professional circles for Fortune 500 CEOs, for small business owners, nonprofit, and community leaders from all sectors of society looking to expand opportunity. Dr. Dentley, it is an absolute joy and pleasure to have you on the Hustle Faithfully podcast with us this morning.
2: Well, first of all, honored to be here, man. Ricardo's got a <laughs> voice in there, man. <laughs> oh, man.
0: I appreciate that coming from you. Thank you.
2: Well, Jonathan, you've been a great friend for a long, long time, man. So I do really appreciate you. And thank you for uh, uh, having me and uh, uh, sharing me with your audience, man. I'm always humbled and excited to get a chance to share. and. Even though I've been doing it for 30 years,
1: <laughs> it's always a joy hearing you. I know, guys, every time I hear Dr. Dentley and he takes the stage, my cell phone comes out and I hit that record button every time. It'll be the same for you. Get ready for a power packed podcast mm-hmm. episode. Dr. Dentley, can you give us some examples of times in your life when you have felt a perceived burnout? Mm-hmm. And what you did to push through in order to achieve the extreme success that you live in day to day today.
2: Wow, okay. Um, absolutely, sir, because I always tell people that life worth living is worth recording. and I inspire mm-hmm. people to create uh, their mini movie, their mini documentary of their life. You know, my, my documentary um, uh, featured in three theaters here in Chicago about two or three mm-hmm. years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, we we filled them up. But the most important thing was that people were so impacted because they were able to see uh, their story in mine, as many people were part of my life that I, I personally knew. So I'm a fan of everyone creating a documentary, even if they just go on Zoom and have a conversation, because that's part of the legacy. So our children and their children will, will know where they come from, because we may not live long enough to to know mm-hmm. our great, great, great grandchildren, but they should know us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to start with uh, sharing with you a little bit of my story, if that's okay, Is that all right, gentlemen?
0: Absolutely. 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 Very
2: very good. Um, You know, I'll start here since I have a little time. Uh, I'm born and raised in Chicago. My mother raised myself and my three sisters, and she worked in a grocery store in a day and a dentist's office at night. And my first memory, uh, my mom and dad were still married, uh, three, four, five years old. I, I do have memories there giant airplane. And I remember I was in kindergarten one day. And um, it's so interesting because I still remember the song for the kindergarten, even though I was there half of time you still know the song. And everything in the kindergarten was in color. Uh, the kids, the cafeteria, everything's in color. One day, uh, I come out of school, and uh, a family friend calls my voice. And the, the voice was very familiar, the face was familiar. So I ran towards this gentleman. His name was Marcus Nelson. And um, Marcus was sent to pick me up and i get to this car and my sister's in the back seat and I get in the car and uh, he took us to our new uh, residence. Uh, My Mm. mother and father were divorcing and now uh, we're living in an apartment. And um, it was kind of shocking. I'm telling you the interesting thing about it, that entire memory outside of that school is in black and white. Mm. Mm. Everything before that in the cafeteria uh, when you're running around as a kid, in color. But that memory is in black and white. And wow. uh, I knew at that point uh, that there was something different that was happening. Yeah. I had a lot of resentment towards my dad because I felt like he didn't love me. Uh, I'm named after him, I'm James the third, And it wasn't true, it's just that they couldn't get along anymore, but they remained friends uh, forever. But I carried a lot of resentment uh, for a long time and, um, and until I broke through that. Now, as I grew up, um, I was uh, the boy. I'm the, I'm the man of the house, the little man in the house. You know? mm-hmm. I believe children are adults; they just don't know how to do it yet.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: so the little people just don't know how to do it yet, right? Um, so you know, I take out the garbage, but I always found ways to create money because we didn't have a lot. I always found ways to uh, shovel snow, rake leaves, carry groceries, whatever I could do mm-hmm. to create money. And I found out very early that I was an entrepreneur because. Uh, I would take my mother's Kool Aid and get those little Dixie cups from a bathroom, a little medicine cup, and freeze it. Oh, yeah. flip it over <laughs> and sell it for two cents, twenty <laughs> nine based on the cup. Yeah. And I had a great thriving business in the summertime until we ran out of sugar. But Kool Aid, I didn't know anything about inventory or, or. Right. I mean, I just know we got sugar. Okay, I'm making some money. Right. And, uh, but I've worked uh, pretty much all my life. I enjoy doing it, I enjoy making money. I enjoyed. Uh, giving my mom with money, my sister's money, and I could get the things that I wanted. But I developed a work ethic uh, at that particular time. I also uh, was uh, embedded in the church. Um, at eight years old, I memorized all the books of the Bible. I still know them to this day. Never, it never left me. And I always tell people that when times get tough, because life will will, will do that, and it's important that it does, that you don't hit rock bottom, you hit rock foundation.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So the foundation of my life has always been spiritual, you know. So when tough times happen, mm-hmm. that was the foundational part that would give me the platform to stand once again. Mm-hmm. So, um, as I grew up, I remember I got involved in martial arts. Um, uh, Who about 1972, martial artist, and um, I was in great shape, man. I studied for 13 years. I taught for three. And then I I contracted a blood infection through some chemicals that someone put in my head, trying to make my hair straight, like the five heartbeats, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the chemicals got my scalp and I had a blood infection and my skin broke out. But I was in great shape, man. I'm lean body muscle. I'm 13 years in the martial arts. I mean, I'm just gone in that arena. And um, I was in pain every single day. Hmm. Every day for a year, I was in pain. Uh, I couldn't get rid of the pain. The only way the pain would stop if I was moving around a lot. Now, but you can't move around 24 hours a day. Right. You know, I I pained myself to sleep at night. Now, in the middle of that, I had also had a job uh, while I was in high school with uh, Church's Fried Chicken uh, at 17. By the time I was 18, they made me the youngest general manager in the country. Mm. And I was not even out of high school. I had my own restaurant. Wow. and everybody in there was older than I was. So I'm in pain. I'm going to work every day and man, it was just unbearable. And it may, and my skin would break out. And I went to five hospitals and they, they never focused on my pain. They focused on my face. Why is yeah. your breaking out like this? You know, it's not right. And finally, after five hospitals, my mother took me to uh, one hospital in Chicago and they were able to, to help me. But in the mm-hmm. middle of that, honestly, I wanted to die. Wow. I didn't know how to get rid of the pain. It just never, ever went away. It just consistently back pains. Just boom, 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 boom. And I'm in my early, early 20s. I also was a dancer, uh, danced on Soul Train, Midnight Special. I mean, I could do a lot. I was very active, very limber, very nimble, very lean. And now I'm in pain and I can't even get up and go from 10 steps from a chair. Wow. And I wanted to kill myself. Now, I wasn't going to uh, uh, do it with a gun or anything like that mm-hmm. um, but i decided i'd do it with drugs you know so i went that route and i knew better but i didn't care because i just wanted the pain to go away i just not i didn't want to feel anymore i wanted to feel something different right so drugs and alcohol was was my vice you know and um i went through that and then finally went to a hospital and were able to solve it and then i was able to move away from all of that and then life got good mm-hmm. i went to texas and um I got with another company called Steak and Ale, Steak Lobster, Prime Rib. I mean, I had the dating thing worked out. I had a t shirt said, marry me and eat for free because I give a girl <laughs> 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 hey, candles on the table. Everybody worked for me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the employees. I'm like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> wow. And the life was really good. I learned a lot as I lived in uh, Dallas, Houston, but then Midland, Odessa, and Abilene. And I learned a lot about people and a lot about myself. I remember being in Dallas. And I had to get to work. And at one point I didn't have a car that ran. So I had to cross the street and there was a Ku Klux Klan rally. And I had to cross the street. So I had to cross the street and I remember how polite they were. Mm-hmm. So even though I understood what that meant, mm-hmm. my experience was as a, with a person mm-hmm. because under the robe, under the mask, even the mask that all of us wear yeah. as a real person, that's right. trying to find out who they are and who they're supposed to be. Baked yeah. into a paradigm of what they've been taught,
0: mm-hmm. uh,
2: what their environment has told them was their truth, and they're standing in it. But I realized very early, especially having 150 employees, and I was the only one that looked like me, uh, that everybody kind of wanted the same thing. Now, I did never excuse behavior. I never excuse uh, the uh, rhetoric uh, that's negative. No, mm-hmm. but I always chose how I would respond to it. I was able to do that. Now, I didn't understand that I had gifts at that time. That's just who I was, you know, right. uh, who I was. Because if I was going to be effective in that environment, I had to find a way to communicate. Mm-hmm. I had to find a way to create a, uh, inclusion, to get people to buy in. And the best way to do that was to let them tell me and give them ownership with my guidance and empower them and edify them and lift them up. And that's when I learned that the greatest human need was significance. Now, you want to talk about burnout. So uh, through the years, I did very well in the restaurant business. I, I, I left that, came back to Chicago, left Texas, and opened up several businesses. And um, and I was thriving. The thing was going on. Real estate, contract, contracting businesses, uh, nightclubs, restaurants, beauty salons, the whole nine yards. And, uh, but I was so unhappy because the business owned me. I'm working 80 right. hours a week. And I was miserable. I'm trying to live the American dream. and I'm hitting a brick wall. Right. So frustrated. It was so hurt because I would have times where I would have to make a decision do I pay the employees or do I pay my mortgage? Mm -hmm. And they go home with that fear and that anxiety, hiding it uh, that, you know, I've got a challenge here. I got to figure it out. And suddenly I I just didn't care again. And in the nightclub business, you know, what did I do? Started to drink (laughs) again. Right. You know, get rid of the pain, get rid of the pain. And finally, that that marriage ended and I I moved to, uh, we had a beautiful daughter. Um, I had an opportunity to move to Atlanta uh, to start over again, to get a clean slate. Okay. So I get away from all the demons, not realizing that was taking me with me. Right. Right. And I I ended up um, uh, going back to work in the restaurant industry, to be an entrepreneur, sold everything I had, made sure my family was okay. And uh, that did most importantly because my daughter's there and my bonus son was there, so I made sure everybody's okay. Because my philosophy was, as long as I have underwear, I can go out there and make it happen. <laughs> this is OK. <laughs> underwear. My mother told me to go out the house without my underwear. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I'm in Atlanta, Georgia, and somebody uh, tricks me into uh, getting into network marketing, and that's the last thing I wanted to do, but I did it just in case it worked. I couldn't afford to do it. I didn't know anybody in the city, never done anything like that before, but you can learn anything. So right. I did it. And that was May 26th of 1994. In the midst of building out everything, I met a gentleman named Michael Cooper. He's four years younger than me. He was 27. I was 31. He was one of the founders of the company. And he told his story about him, he and his twin brother, who was also a co-founder, uh, how they were homeless at 24 and millionaires at 28. Mm. They were brilliant people smarter than anybody. They understood human behavior more than anybody had ever met in my life. They were kind, they were inspiring, and they taught us to think differently. They took 16 of us that they selected, and they put us in a room. <laughs> they said, "We're gonna, you will be the most successful people in this company. Now, at that time, nobody had a lot of success in the company, but we didn't know it. But he said, before we would teach you how to make money, we'll teach you who you have to become, But you have like mm-hmm. to learn how to overcome challenges. Now, he said that three months later I was homeless. Wow, three months later I'm homeless. Now I did not call home because I knew my mother would save me, or my sisters, or maybe my friends. I wouldn't call home. I realized at that point I had to take responsibility for my life. That I needed to grow up because my mother always bailed me out. Right, if something didn't work, they always somebody built me out. Uh, I need to grow up. But he taught me that, that I would have to become something new to create something. Hmm. Here I am, almost in the car. Uh, the good news is, is that it's a Porsche. The bad news is, is a Porsche is small. And then to make it worse, um, I'm in Atlanta. The first time in Atlanta, it got cold one night, and the radiator uh, burst each oh, no. day. So I had to uh, pawn the title for the Porsche right before it smoked. And mm-hmm. I pawned the title. I put it in the shop. And a friend of mine sent me an 89 Buick Century, did it from front to back, windshield cracked from top, bottom, Mm. no ignition. There was a hole there an ignition. I would take wire pliers and start it. So I had to put a towel on. Wow. You you can see there's no ignition here. And then I locked my keys in the car and I had to punch a hole in the lock. So I put my finger in the hole, open the door, get the wire pliers, pull the towel back, start it up. And I was coming to your house to do a presentation to tell your friends to follow us and we're going to be rich.
0: Wow. Wow.
2: (laughs) Wow. (laughs) The idea of hiding your car two blocks away. Uh, then I became homeless
0: mm-hmm.
2: and I would, every day I would sell my friends hair magazines just mm-hmm. to make $30 to get a hotel room for the night. This is 1994. Every mm-hmm. night, uh, the anxiety of that. But I never lost the vision and I knew as I pulled my car into a Holiday Inn and mm-hmm. put a comforter over my head, uh, I smiled because I knew I was going to be wealthy at that moment. Mm-hmm.
0: Wow. Dr. Dentley. Yeah what uh, what allowed you uh, what vision did you have? That was something deep inside you that you had dangling in front of you that allowed you to push through every single challenge that you ran into and stay the course when you had every reasonable opportunity to choose otherwise. What was that vision that you had in front of you?
2: (laughs) I've always been weird. (laughs) You You know, um, I, with, with a mentor, they say in the in prosperous times, you pull it out the pocket. In the lean times, you have to pull it out the heart. Oh, man. Um, when things are great, you party. When things suck, you ponder. Oh, wow. You begin to seek, to seek an answer, to seek a solution, or to seek a meaning in things. Michael Kupas, i never had a mentor before, and he became that first mentor, and we're great friends today. I, I was with that company. They were doing $9 million a year when I started, $800 million when I left it. Um, I, I was able to uh, financially retire after starting with them in May of 94 and being homeless for four months. I was able to financially retire by 1996. The main thing is that I didn't know how to give up. And if you ever remember the movie Officer and a Gentleman, when yep. Richard Greer's is laying there and he says, you need to get out. And he says, I have no place else to go. Right. I have no place to go because Mm -hmm. I refused to settle. I knew there had to be more. You see, and I'll tell you what it was for me. When I was a kid, even though my mom didn't have money, she was to take myself and my sisters all holding hands and she'd take us window shopping, downtown. Mm -hmm. And at Christmas time, they have all these big stores, Macy's and uh, you know, Carson's and all these big windows, and they had all those magical Christmas uh, robotic things just going around. Mm-hmm. So my light and the lights, and as a kid, it's just a wonder. She took us to see Peter Pan, the play, and I remember the song that Peter that they sung in that play. I was a little bitty boy, and I never forgot that song, and I knew. I wanted to be like Peter Pan. Now, I didn't know Peter Pan was really a girl in the play, but I didn't know it's okay. It's just, just kid right. flying around. It's a boy <laughs> right. And um, and I always had that, that life, like a Peter Pan, of a dreamer.
0: Mm.
2: I made so many mistakes and I, I did foolish things because I was just a dreamer. You know, right. what is possible, man? What is possible push it? My friend and I would scale a, uh, we would scale a building from the outside, three stories. And I was like seven. My mother said, and <laughs> not realizing that one fall, my life changes. Yeah. maybe yeah. thinking about it. Uh, and we scaled these buildings. There was a, a show called Rescue 8 Before Your Time. And Jim and Skip were the lead characters. Well, my name was Jimmy and his name was Skip.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So we lived at Jim and Skip. So I always put myself into fantasy. And fantasy helps you to create a new reality for yourself. Even if you're lonely, mm-hmm. if you're embarrassed, if you're ashamed, if you're afraid. Mm-hmm. You create a new reality for yourself. And I've always been able to do it. Now, I never knew, I never knew, uh, Ricardo, that this was a gift. Right. I never knew right. my memory to retain information, numbers, and facts. I never knew it was a gift. Mm-hmm. I never knew when I managed restaurants, I took 14 people from my high school and got them into management. And I didn't know it was a gift. I just knew it was fun because winning is more fun than fun is fun. Right, right. <laughs> ain't that the truth? <laughs> even more fun, than fun Anybody can run around. We like wow. to win. <laughs> Wow, wow. <laughs> really to talk smack, right? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's just a few of them. I've, I've been touched on amazing on adversities, man, because of But these things prepare you, and it builds a muscle, and it builds a story. So for anyone who's listening, when you go through tough times, those tough times will make strong people. Strong people make easy times. Easy times make weak people, and weak people make tough times. Those mm-hmm. tough times give you a story and prepare you to be able to serve at a higher level mm-hmm. when it's your time. Mm-hmm. So I asked God to make it easier. He gave me more difficulties so it could be so I can learn how to navigate seamlessly. Wow. to Give wow. me more strength. He gave me more weight to carry to build mm-hmm. up my muscle. See, unbeknownst to me. You see, these things were working for my good.
0: Yes, yes. I, I was just there. Yeah. Well, Dr. Dently is you talked about God just now, and that's that's my foundation, my faith. Yeah. Is your faith the foundation, that cornerstone, that rock that you stand on, so that in the face of things that may be factual and in the moment true, you always got something that's truth, that everything that's true and factual will be filtered through that allows your faith to move you forward. Rather than a fear of failure to stop you.
2: Yeah. Well, again, you hit rock foundation, not rock bottom. So there's mm-hmm. a foundation there. You hit that foundation. Now, what are you mm-hmm. going to do when you get there? You can run from it and deny it. You know, I, I wrote my first um, program book uh, called MAP in 1999 uh, Millionaire Aptitude Programming. And part of that was overcoming self defeating behaviors, uh, resentments. And how they affect your life and hold you back. When you have a feeling of a lack of control, love, or worthiness, we spin, things go wrong, and then we go wrong with it. But right. at the same time, Ricardo, I began to become a student, and to this day, I'm always a seeker. Now, I'm a Christian faith, I have a doctorate degree in, in divinity. However, I also realized when I went to England for the first time in 1998 and building teams there. And I had teams in the Muslim faith and I was speaking their mosques and I didn't even know. I was so unaware that they studied the Bible. right? They knew more about Jesus than any Christian I'd ever met. I'm talking about the common person there because they knew more than I did and I read, but they owned it. And then I realized that I would travel the world, Ricardo, that if I was born in India, that there's a 70% chance I'd be Hindu or Muslim. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: So what you live, you learn. What you learn, you practice. And what you practice, you become. I, I learned that a little bit more about Scientology from my interactions with people. I'm very curious
1: mm-hmm. because
2: I don't judge a person, but I know that who's right. Because honestly, we don't know. And that's where faith kicks in. Right. Right. You know, I came and told you. you, you ever seen God? You do see him all the time. No, you know, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> now you do. But you're saying something because it's cute to say, right? With the ownership of understanding what that means. So I begin to seek, sir, and and, um, and I'll tell you, I've been through. um, I was diagnosed with sarcoidosis of the Mm -hmm. lungs. I never smoked. My lungs were excessively scarred. They put me on a drug called prednisone, and I went from an athlete to um, to 374 pounds on steroids.
0: Wow!
2: on, On a prednisone, prescription drugs. Mm-hmm. And I thought I thought that would kill me. My knees hurt, my back hurt, uh, my hip hurt, everything. And I didn't know that uh, those drugs can make your bones kind of brittle and that sight. And then I, I went to holistic eating. I went back to my spiritual foundation to mm-hmm. see what the Bible said about eating healthy. Right. And about things that grew out of the ground. So I went away to a place called Bella Vita in uh, Sacramento, California, just outside of Sacramento. Mm-hmm. I stayed there for 10 days. Again, I'm always the only black guy in the, in the cramp everywhere I go. <laughs> I, know <I'm laughs> afraid, you know? I know. Now, full disclosure, I never college a day in my life. Never. Yeah. You know? I thought I had a, a, a B on my report card once in my life, but it was really two Ds real close together. Just, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my story as <laughs> well. Uh, I married a double scientist who talks in her sleep, so I'm breathing. Right. <laughs> she's a physicist. She works for nuclear power plants, but she's retired at 36. She retired. She's 43 now. So, you know, awesome. Yeah, man, she's awesome. Like, everyday awesome. So um, as I was going through my journey with with health, I, I, I got into a natural way of eating and, and reconnecting with my foundation of God, anchoring in it, Okay, because now I'm studying in a different way. I'm learning some different things of how to nourish your body, your spiritual mind in different ways. And uh, I lost 125 pounds. I'm feeling fantastic. The suits fit again. Thank goodness I didn't throw them out because they all had my name in them. Right. (laughs) And uh, I go to the doctor, they say, you have cancer. Mm. So Mm. I had prostate cancer, man. And prostate cancer, when you're a six, you're high. I was a 62. Wow. And my good friend, Les Brown's been a brother to me. We've been brothers for 28 years, 29 years. And he told me 20 something years ago, and I missed one year getting an examination
0: mm.
2: and, it, and it soared. And they said it's so high, it had to escape that area mm. uh, and be in a lymph nose. They said, look, we think we want to do surgery, which means, okay, but surgery, ooh, part of your life stops or you're going to do chemotherapy, but I, I, I don't even believe in chemotherapy. If it's the end of life and you want to just relieve the pain and that's right. it. I'm not even killing a part to save a part because I believe everything works in harmony on a cellular level, and they got to talk. And And if you got part of your your relatives out there, they used to talk to each other, and everybody else is lost, right? Have a good look, right? So, but they offered, but then radiation. They said it probably won't work. I said, I will tell you what, I'm into this natural kick. I've been studying natural remedies. I want to try. I'll do half the radiation, and I'll do um, things for the earth. Mm-hmm. And um, I am um, been cancer free for six years. And, um, Praise the Lord. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I was able to share what I did with other people, and they either got their quality of life back or it kind of been remission. I don't give medical claims, I just have testimonial.
0: Right, right.
2: And you know, I shared it. And, um, and but yeah, but it makes your bones brittle. So then I started having hip problems, mm-hmm. and I thought it was sciatica. I would go to seminars and speak, and I'd be in the laying behind the floor behind banners in a two thousand dollars suit. However, when I got on stage, there was no pain, wow. no pain whatsoever. So, um, you know, because I understood how you, you know when you channel, when you get that adrenaline rush, you just go do what you do. You're outside of yourself. Yeah. So uh, I had to get a hip replacement during COVID. Mm-hmm. Now, meanwhile. Uh, I didn't work the entire year. I had retired January 13th of 95 because of network marketing. I opened up several other companies and businesses. So during COVID, I ended up uh, making uh, over almost $4 million, and I never got off the couch. Mm, And everybody else was hurting. And I said, then I began to understand the blessing of what I had done to prepare myself for times that we did not expect.
0: Right, right.
2: And and I've always had a do it now type of attitude, not knowing because I had made money before and lost it twice. So this time I've committed I would do it. So then I had the hit replacement in 2020. Did a lot of cool things. I made a decision to buy my daughter a house cash so she doesn't have to get it when I'm dead. (laughs) <laughs> right, right, I should be too deep in the hole by then because I've been living a long time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you gotta
2: say that. I don't want her to be broke until <laughs> for the next three years. <laughs> I bought a house cash and got a, a brand new car cash, and she started a business and she's thriving. Mm, uh, my good. son, he's thriving as an entrepreneur. I was able to put things in place for him and my grandchildren as well. And uh, and then I had to have a knee replacement mm-hmm. uh, in t- last year. Last year, because I was overcompensating. Right. So the last six months are probably the first time in uh, since 2018 I didn't have pain. Mm. I never complain. I never stop. I never keep going because I understand how these things work. And I understand that if I'm alive today, I want to live my life because life is meant to be experienced. So when you go through the burnout, guys, and even, man, I didn't mention one part that at one point in my life. I got off a stage in front of 10,000 people, got four standing ovations and went into depression. Mm. Right back in depression. I went right back to the two things the two times, every time something happens, we tend to do the same things to compensate. Mm-hmm. Okay. And mm-hmm. I checked I called my mother and my family together, man, and I had my I called my own intervention. Nobody had to call me. I knew because I'm helping everybody else, but I couldn't help me. Right. Mm, I and I had a a gentleman who was a bishop told me how much preachers, pastors, and Who's, who serves uh, other people? How they need each other because they go through that. They remember the movie The Green Mile, mm-hmm. yeah, and how Michael Clark Duncan would take the the particles would come. Whatever was ailing you, whether it be spiritually or physically, he would take it into himself, and that's how he died at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. So I understood that I didn't know how to take care of me. So I checked wow. myself in for twenty eight days. I felt like dirt. I mean, I I was getting people were naming their kids, babies after me. I was uh, the prolific person. I was traveling the world and I was in front of 20, 20, 20,000 people at a time, four or five times a year in front of a thousand people every single week for for 10 years. I was in a hole I couldn't get out of, Mm. but that's where I grew. That was the biggest blessing for me because it taught me two things. Number one, it gave me the tools on how to make myself whole and stay there. Mm-hmm. But it also taught me that everyone else around me was sick too in different areas. And as my research, I realized the body is already made for addiction. It's addicted, and your heart addicted to beating.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: If you work out, and you stop, won't your body tell you I don't like that? You better go, you better move me. Right, <laughs> oh, <yeah>. right. <laughs> right? Yeah. See, the body is made, made for that. You know, And I began to process things different. I began to write programs about helping other people. And helping other people, I kept anchoring myself. I don't get away yeah. from it because I live it. I made it part of my life purpose, not to judge others, but to right. serve and help. And then I found yeah. power and humility, man, because to be on the top of what the people would say is a mountain, mm-hmm. and to feel like what Helen Keller said, uh, when they said, "Ask Helen Keller, how did it feel to be deaf and dumb? How did they feel in that state? She pointed to a plant, and they said, it felt like a plant? She said, no, it felt like dirt. But what Mm. we didn't know is that there's energy in life, even in the soil. Yes, Mm. yes, yes, yes. In that soil, that's where you get renewed. Mm. You see, you can take an apple and cut it open. You can count how many seeds are in the apple, but you can't count how many apples are in the seed. Right. And when I got that awakening, I said, okay. I've been a student of Think and Grow Rich. I've been a student of, of everyone, Dr. Dennis Kimball, Napoleon Hill, Sharon Lecter, John Sheehan, the Asian Choice, Rosetta, did the Caribbean Choice, you name it. I've read them all. All these people are friends of mine now. Okay? Mm-hmm. I've read all the books that I, every book in I imagine. I've read it, I've worked with all the top thought leaders and authors out there in mm-hmm. life, and I keep learning and studying and growing and growing, but I have this memory that I can lock in and I can quote and i could tie things together and tie bows around it and be able to tell stories magnificently so i began mm. to coach some of the great people and when COVID happened and everybody couldn't speak or uh, there were no audiences uh they they, they couldn't work because they nobody everybody's working from home and that didn't work out well for many people here i was in a situation of reflection and to begin to understand all the things that happened but then going through the cancer gave me the greatest gift because before that, if you told me you had cancer, I would pray for you, and I would say, well, anything I can do to help you. Now I can say, I understand, let's talk about it.
1: Right, Yeah. right. Oh, yeah.
2: And I couldn't oh, have man. done that without that. Right. So It allows me to serve another person, and to me, that is the greatest thing of wealth in the world because yeah. those things are priceless when you could help impact somebody else's life because we seek significance. Yes. Mm-hmm. And what's the significance? To serve and to be okay. Now, when I was knighted, um, that one year, now, I, then I was elevated to a grand prior, which is the governor of Illinois. I was the first one with this royal order in the United States. And mm-hmm. the royal order is the oldest order in the world. They just were never in America. And then, and now I'm a baron. And I'm a baron of wow. the of Cappadocia. And I am the only African-American baron ever. And Constantine is the person who made Christianity the religion of Rome. And that's how wow. it got to England. And I'm the first African-American baron they've ever had, ever. That's awesome. Yeah, and with the, with the work in nonprofit and serving, I found that if I'm serving, that's the greatest wealth because there's more than enough for everyone to have more than enough and there's still gonna mm-hmm. be more than enough. So I operate with, a, with an understanding of abundance of all things, seeking to peel back the onions on everything, having fun enjoying every life in life every day, and understanding the true meaning of love how I've been happy every day for the last 25 years. I don't have bad days. I don't believe in it. It's never going to happen to me. I don't have
0: them. <laughs> I, I, I'm with you on that. I, <laughs> it's just amazing. A south side kid from Chicago. Yeah. It's yeah. barren. I mean, man, you can't you can't make a movie that good. <sighs> and that's your life.
2: Yeah. You well, know? it happened after my uh documentary, but when they did the documentary, they said my life has so many layers. Yeah. Forty six minutes. My and I have a TV network, so it's on the T V network, JD three tvcom dot com. Mm-hmm. But they said we have to make a movie. So I knew there was a sequel coming. Uh huh. But I and I mean I just wanna say this thing that to everybody who would listen. You know, when I uh, when they wanted to do the documentary, um I brought eight of my content creators from the network with me because when I previewed it on the screen to see how it looked, um, you know, you want to see it before everybody else sees it, you know, to see what's going on. But I never watched the whole thing. I just see glimpses of it because it's kind of hard to see yourself sometimes. Right. uh, But the first thing I thought about is that there are people I care about that are in our network that have a story to tell. And I want them on that screen. I want their children to be on that screen. So mm-hmm. the first premiere, we packed the theater out with red carpet and everybody had their own banner. I had eight people. And I, and then we gave our secretary of state because we support his foundation and eight other charities through our foundation. And um, we were able to uh, show up, create reels and they didn't know it about their shows and their life and show them and call them up for the time and interview them in front of the audience. And I wanted to give that to them. And uh, the greatest joy was a Cecilia Cologne when her daughter said, mommy, I'll grow up. I want to be like you. Wow. That's See what's amazing. worth. It. And, I'm a, and here's a deep part. I never watched my own documentary until a year later because mm. mm. I was thinking about everybody else. Right. Right. So that's just how my life kind of works. And uh, I live in abundance. And now we're building something so special. And we have podcasts on our networks. So I don't know why this podcast can't be on Hustle Faithfully. We can just put that on JD3 TV right now with no cost to you. Oh,
0: man. Well, thank you so
1: much. Right. We'll definitely (laughs) be in touch with you about that. You better believe it. You better believe it. Thank you so much. Thank you. You know, your story is absolutely amazing from everything from the beginning to present day. It's Mm -hmm. just always an honor, always a joy to hear you speak. And how you pour into people, that is the, the big part to it. You know, mm-hmm. you could choose to do whatever you want to do, but yet your life is still centered around just everyone else. Mm-hmm. And the for all of our listeners, I was actually with Dr. Dentley this weekend. He was speaking at a church down here in Atlanta. And... The, the beautiful thing is I even told my wife, I said, you know, Dr. Dentley is going to be there, so I'm definitely going to make it. Yes. And she she looked at me and she said, why is he going to a church so small? Mm-hmm. And it's intriguing the fact of places you've been, mm-hmm. audience you've spoken in front of, but you are still so humble that you'll go to an event where there's 50 people, 70 people, and still pour in as though it's a group of 10,000 and impact everyone that was there. I was first and foremost, I was, I was focused on keeping my camera on you as much as possible because I'm sure you looked over there and saw that I was recording the whole time, but I was also watching people's reaction and it's just, it's heart touching to see how much people are pulled in and captivated by your every word and your poems. And I mean, I think, and I'm not saying this just because you're here. Sure. I think you are one of the smoothest speakers I have ever heard. I just love listening to you speak about stuff.
2: Yeah. Well, I am that. I'm good. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about right I there. love it.
2: I've got to say this. I was invited to come. Um, I was invited to come by James Dixon, who yes. is the closest thing to me I've ever seen in my life. and wow. And he says the same thing about me. <laughs> he saw me speaking in Annapolis and he thought he was the only person who did what he did. And I've been trying to teach people how to do what I do, but nobody else would do it. I was trying to teach, let's run. Nobody else would do it until I saw him and I knew exactly. And you know, I'm a person that loves to help people fly, but I, so I was invited to come Mm -hmm. because it's not about the, how big a place is. You only got to touch. If you can touch the one, Mm -hmm. You know, I was invited to come, but I'm going to tell you something. That was the most impactful speech, probably, or or time in that church.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Uh, I'm so thankful I came because it it impacted my life in a very profound way. Can I can I share with you why? Please, absolutely. absolutely. I spoke on Saturday. That Saturday morning, and I was the last one before they broke. They had the break. Mm -hmm. Um, That Saturday morning, I was on the front row, front of the pew, and when I sat there. The, the music, the feeling, the spirit, it was if, honestly, it was if I was eight years old again. Wow. I was a little kid when I joined Third Baptist Church in 1966 and met the first pastor I would ever know that would impact my life. I was like, I was a kid, eight years I was 65. I was eight. And I sat there and basked in it, so thankful, not knowing how special it was going to be. Um. Then I spoke, okay, everybody received it. Everybody wanted to be a part of my speaker training. They all came to do that. And, and uh, then the next day I sat there and they sang a song. You were, you, you were there on Sunday, were you there Sunday?
1: I wasn't there, I was at my okay. own church.
2: Okay. At Sunday, they sang a song called So Amazing. Mm-hmm. And I whispered in James' ear, I said, that's the name of my nonprofit, Already Always Amazing. Mm-hmm. Amazing veterans, children, singers, and God. So they sang that song. I said, oh, wow. And I knew something special was going to happen. And then before they introduced James to preach, they sang um, Gratefulness. Mm -hmm. Now, my mother and I were so close. There's nothing we didn't talk about. She's my best friend. When I was a kid, baby, she would clean my ears. When I was a young adult, she would uh, get the pimples out of my face (laughs) or her (laughs) face. Uh, and she would do that. And, you know, it's the interesting. Thing is, that my wife is just so incredible because my wife takes care of me like my mom did. You know, yeah. like every day, our house is nothing but love. Every single day, fell, none. Mm. You know, I'm just so blessed. And uh, I'm sitting there and they shout, saying, gratefulness. Now, when my mother passed away, uh, she planned her own funeral. Uh, she planned her own funeral. She had done it like seven, eight years earlier and she kept updating it because, you know, she didn't go nowhere. <laughs> right. And uh, so when she died, she left instructions for with the, uh, uh, with the, under, with the uh, I don't want to say Undertaker, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, with the funeral home, because they were mm-hmm. friends and family, on um, what everyone was to do, because she knew what a kid's kid kids could handle. So she left one thing for me to do, and that's to pick out the final song. Mm-hmm. And I picked that song, Gratefulness. Now, mm-hmm. we were so close, and and for that day, I remember when she was in the casket, and then for the viewing, and then when they closed it for the final time, there's a crank that I didn't know was there, and they crank you down in the casket a little bit. Mm-hmm. And when she sank, I felt my heart sink, but I was okay, mm-hmm. okay, but it was there. I'm telling you the story because I never cried for four years, never never cried, man, never cried. And I always said, because everything was done, I still talk to her every single day. Mm-hmm. I have a picture of her, and I learned that from an Oprah Winfrey show 30 years ago. When, it, when she was crying and the man said, uh, he said, you must miss your wife. He said, no, you don't understand. When she, My wife was alive. We were together 30% of the time. We both had jobs, but now we're together 100% of the time. So my framework of how mm-hmm. I became famous has always been, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, the beauty of it. And uh, when they sang that song, Gratefulness, the first time I cried in four years about my mother.
0: I'm gonna tell you
2: something, man. That I told my wife, I told everybody I could, could relate to. My sister, yeah. my sister, my older sister said, I knew you would eventually in the right time.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We are
2: so, our unit as a family is so incredible. We don't argue about anything. We support each other about everything. You know, she raised mm-hmm. us. It was us, you know. I remember right. one time she had no money and she gave all of us maybe 25 cents. We all held hands. We walked to Walgreens. I couldn't have been more than 10. We walked about three miles to, to Walgreens mm-hmm. and we walked crafts, and we made each other's gifts, and that's the best Christmas we ever had. Wow. You know, wow. and I don't know, it's just, we had one of those Charlie Brown trees with a little tree, little plant. You know? Yep. One <laughs>
0: <yeah. And, laughs> <we, laughs>
2: That means anything to me. You know, so this is who this woman was. I mean, she was loved by everyone. Yeah. And uh, so for me, for me, Jonathan, man, why did I come to that small church? Because I was supposed to, mm-hmm. and, it, and I was there and to, to the people, but it didn't compare to what they gave me. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so yeah. thankful for them. Sounds mm. great. Wow. Wow. Wow.
1: You know, That's you crazy. live out some of, you live out everything you teach. But mm. one of the things that you said there was when you're, you were obviously talking about the psychology of speaking. Yeah. And you said, when you are a public speaker, you are not the star of the show That's that right. the audience is. Right. And it is just so refreshing to see you live that out because I have heard so many people say, I'll I'll come to a room no matter the size, you know, it doesn't matter if there's three people, but yet when they only sell out tickets for 50 people, they cancel the event. And it's like, well, you're going back against your word Yeah. yet you're living it out. And that I always look for somebody of integrity before I commit to dealing with them without Mm. a doubt. And There is no question. You definitely live in the integrity that you speak of. For all of our listeners, for all of our viewers, you can, well, for our viewers, you can scan the QR code that's in the upper corner. That'll take you over to Mm jamesdentley.com. For all of the listeners, go to the website that I just mentioned, jamesdentley.com and find out more about Dr. Dentley. Are there any other websites that you would like to push people to while we're on here?
2: Absolutely. But let me say this. It's not just that you're, the audience is a star, that the speaker is a director, and the mm-hmm. audience is a star. And director has one job, to help pull, navigate, or allow that person in that audience, that actor, that person that's mm-hmm. viewing them, that's under their direction, mm-hmm. uh, to excel and to get their Oscar in their life. That's mm-hmm. the only job. Mm-hmm. I only win if I can help you win. That's the only way I do it. The other side of it, Jonathan, is that I'm so blessed because I talked about network marketing that people still don't like, you know, I've, I've done a bit. I've been, I even owned a company at one point and uh, I've owned about oh, tens of millions of dollars doing this stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, I never had to speak a day in my life to pay a bill. Wow. So I speak because it's a gift that I can give and I try to get away from it because I'm not in agreement with the way other people do things. I'm not in judgment of it because right. it's business. but it never had to be my business and mm-hmm. I want Pure because honestly, man, I really care. Yeah. I'm really good at it, and I always work on getting better because there's always more. Uh, because for me, you know, are you good enough? Right. And you know, you can measure that by how I've helped ninety people earn between one and thirty million dollars. Now, it's not what they've earned; it's who they are. Mm-hmm. And they're out there as philanthropists, making a difference, impacting more lives and lives. And to mm-hmm. me, that's so special because I can celebrate them, even if they're more successful than I am. I don't care. I yeah. celebrate them. OK, so the other websites, uh, JD3TV.com is one. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do a limitless event. And Mr. Dixon and I, are uh, he's going to partner up with our organization and uh, we'll be doing Limitless for Women. And we have another event called the Limitless Experience. We'll have two in Atlanta in 2024 mm-hmm. and seven other states. We have three in Chicago every single year. And that is always limitless.com. Mm-hmm. Always, We have uh, summer virtual, December 15th, 16th, and 17th will be virtual. Uh, March will be live. In Atlanta, it'll be live, but we have the virtual ones. And what we're doing with JD3TV is that it's very unique. We're, it's not uh subscribers are called members uh we got people that win cruises i gave everybody in that church a cruise wow you there were you there jonathan When i, spoke? Uh, I was i was there saturday not sunday saturday, good- saturday, I saturday i gave everybody in there a cruise a five-day four-day cruise everybody mm-hmm. you know so when the people join our network they get a 150 fifty dollar bluetooth speaker for just being a part of it mm-hmm. and they and they get podcasts tv shows but it's really edutainment. So we, we anchor it with success education. These are right. making you better in your relationships, in your business, in every area, every area of your life. We're bringing in a ton of shows. All the top people are coming. Uh, we've got we got sports. We got movies and all the other stuff, but we got stuff where real people can share real stories one real at a time. And they can't get on Netflix, but we can get them here and right. we can make their, their, their vision pristine. And we've been mm-hmm. attracting people everywhere because we're building a community that can then come to live events. So right. now we get a chance to know and meet. It's almost as if what if Tom Cruise had an event and you go out there and meet Tom and you really want to meet Tom or Viola right. Davis. You really. Well, that doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. world's too big. It doesn't make sense. We can do that. And because we built something, I built the, the network uh, to help the speakers I train, the speakers I respect. From getting uh, torn apart by other people and promoters that would charge them for everything, right. and COVID, they had no place to speak. So, what's next? How do I build your celebrity brand and create another path for you to mm-hmm. build out you? Because I trust you because of who you are, the integrity you possess, and how you're going to be able to take care of authentically other the people that we have put before you. So wow. everybody wins, and we can expand it. So we're doing and make it so. And the tripped out part, we will exit in about three years. We'll exit, and mark my word, we'll exit. It'll be a multi-billion dollar exit, and everybody in the network, every employee, mm-hmm. who's our family members, and every person who has a show, we we'll are all cash in because I'm giving that to everybody, and I put it in writing for every So I built it as a part, not for money, because mm-hmm. I don't put a lid on, on God. You ever heard somebody say, think outside the box? Right, right. In my world, there is no box. And, and I'm telling no you. Box, there's only <laughs> three possibility. So we live in no box, because if we do as we do this, we'll impact the lives of other people, but they have to be impacted, empowered, and prepared to be able to mm-hmm. serve other people. How can you help somebody else so you can't help you? Mm-hmm. How can you give somebody else a bigger big vision of themselves if you haven't gone there first? But somebody has to be the one to do it. And I'm honored that I get to do that and work my butt after being in retirement all these years to come out and work my butt off now to serve other people is a joyful thing. And I'm like, boy, you must be crazy, but let's do it some more.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh
2: man.
1: I, learned, just, I love cool. your servitude heart. That is so touching. I love that. I respect that. It it,
0: uh, it, is, it is so great for me because that's, that's my heart. Jonathan knows my heart. I, mm-hmm. I believe in serving people. And I've done it at times to my detriment because it's, I, I so want to help people that I've given to the point of, of not having anything for myself or for my family at times, because it's yeah. just go, 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 go. And I've had to learn how to say no, but at the same time I've, I've had to learn how to allow what, what God gifted me with to allow him to put his hands on it so that he gives it guardrails because a good thing can, can be, uh, become a bad thing if it doesn't have guardrails, you know? And I, I've done that at times before, cause I didn't know, that it was supposed to be within a certain um, had to have structure when I utilize it and not just deploy it because I can because everything
2: that you're able to do is not
0: something you should do. I didn't know that.
2: Okay, Ricardo, let, let me go here. Is that okay? Yeah, Absolutely <laughs> permission, permission to step in the in the, ca- in the room. Please um, do. <laughs> um, first of all, you re- remember the story of the talents? Yes. If you live in a world of abundance, uh, we don't want to ever feel as though we're chasing money and money is our God. Bible mm-hmm. says the love of money is the root of all evil. Right. But it doesn't say money is. It says money solveth all things. Mm-hmm. No. So if you're helping people from the heart, it's important that you tap into abundance. It's really simple. Just make more money. How do you yeah. make more money? Create more value. And number two is that sometimes when you, you ever given somebody some money or loan them some money and then they get mad at you? Mm-hmm. No, you're not talking. To you. Let me tell you why that happens. It's not you. You're a mirror. And when they interact with you or think of you, you remind them of their feelings of being inadequate. Mm-hmm. So you are a reflection of pain wow. to them when you wanted to bless them. Okay. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's important to, if you're going to do it, do it with no expectations to it. but no. That, that friend is going to go to another place because they're in another place. Right. So you have to keep elevating higher, so you can help mm-hmm. them. Because the law of the lid says if you're a ten, they're going to be at a six of they're following.
0: Right.
2: So for your family's sake, and you mm-hmm. need all the reinforcement you can do, go to a fifteen. Tap into the true power of God, the true vine. Wow. Tap in and be authentically who you are, even higher. Because there's no lack of money in this universe. I was sleeping right. in a car, man. Right. On the credit score. I got and overnight, I got a a letter saying you are pre-approved. I got eight American Express Platinum's. Yeah, (laughs) I got to get a Capital One. Wow, eight! And look, I'm trying to get away from my letter to give me a black card. Right, right. (laughs) My point being that I come from nothing, but I still help and serve. But I help my charities. Yeah. Because every person I've given money to or loan money to, is the same thing. But I understood it from the beginning. So I'm okay with that because right. it doesn't matter how you feel about me. I'm going to love you if I can love you across the street because I don't require you here. Right. Because I, right. I, I require me to be here. Mm-hmm. See, So mm-hmm. the main thing is that when you can get that calmness and knowing, right. and I can tell you right now, I wrote a book. I wrote my last book was on frequency. Tell you right now, man, there's bigger things for you to do for your family. I can spill it right through this screen. Yeah. I'm watching you. There's bigger things that both of you gentlemen can do. And it's iron sharpens iron. You can sharpen each other even to a you're already good together. Mm-hmm. I want to challenge you to go higher because we need you. We yes. need you to work. So if you come into our space, man, we're gonna collaborate, we're gonna figure it out, have some fun, and yeah. we're gonna get this thing done because your <laughs> wife deserves it, your <laughs> kids deserve it, your mama deserves it. Cause who brought right. you here? Hawaii, both of you. all Both of right. you. And if you do that, just imagine the impact you make in the world.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah,
2: mm-hmm. all about
0: that, that. Everything you just said is is the very thing that not just the people that are listening need, but I know I personally need. You know, the the inspired to speak. I yeah. know that's one of those things that
2: that that you that you do, and I think it's total life changes. Yeah, um, totallifechanges dot com is it. my vehicle. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do extremely well. help people make money, but that's how I restore my health, man. We right. got some that. that is, yeah. But inspired to speak.com dot com is my speaker program. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I brought those up because, you know, I know I like to think of myself as fertile ground mm-hmm. and looking to be in front of the, the the right gardener to till the soil and sow the seed. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I feel like that's what you do. You sow in fertile ground. And if the ground isn't fertile, when you show up, you're willing to do the work to till the soil in order to
2: plant the seed. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 Because see, it, it's you see, if you do what's hard, you have an easy life. Mm-hmm. If what's easy. You have a hard life.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But when you do what's hard. See, when you practice harder than you, when you play, yeah. When game time shows up when it's time to perform, it's like breathing. There is no stress. There are mm-hmm. no bad days, gentlemen. It's just a day. Right, right. And, and you figure it out. And if you 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 ever heard somebody said, uh, if I'd have known when I was a kid, would I know today? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, find a kid and tell them. Right. Man, that is so <laughs> right. Tell them. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's true. So yeah, so just about having a bigger dream. And uh, there's a movie called uh, Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Mm-hmm. I took my son to see it uh, when he was five. He's 26. And I was really tired, but I promised him I'd take him to the movie. So we went, and it was 3D. So I said, okay, I'll put these green and red glasses on and go to sleep. He won't know. He's five. <laughs> I couldn't go to sleep because I'm listening to Lava Girl. And she said, when the chips are down, when everything is against you, when your back's against the wall, when you can't 30, you can breathe. All you got to do is dream. Down, when your back's against the wall, when everything is followed apart in your life, you don't think you can take another step. All you have to do is dream a bigger dream. Mm. You have to follow your dreams wherever they may lead. Never get distracted by less worthy deeds. Remember to shelter them and nourish them and help them to grow. Mm. Let your heart hold them down deep where dreams go. You follow your dreams, you pursue them with haste. Remember and never forget that your life, the only one you get, is too precious and too fleeting to waste. So if you're faithful and loyal, then all your days through, the dreams that you follow will always come true. Create the life you wanna live. Be the things that you lack in your life. Become them. Take ownership of that. Bless somebody else. You keep what you have when you give it away. And if you do that, and if you study, or you come and work with us in Limitless, or inspiredspeak.com mm-hmm. and want to become a speaker or a better communicator inside and out, to your yes. classroom, to your pulpit, to your family, to mm-hmm. everyone, I teach you how to speak into the nervous system of another human being. I teach you the psychology so nobody loses, nobody walks away from you. Do you know how to create seeds and anchors, how mm-hmm. to understand how the brain works. Your brain is an open loop. It mm-hmm. seeks closure. It seeks mm-hmm. what's next. How do you set it up where people learn and you plant those seeds in their subconscious? Mm-hmm. So our life is driven 80% by subconscious, 15% is conscious or intentional, but mm-hmm. 5% is imagination. Mm-hmm. And that's where the magic happens, because everything that is, once upon a time was not, it all came from the void, just like God said in the beginning when the earth was without shape or form, mm-hmm. it was void, and you speak into the void, and you step into it. So everything you see in the rooms you're in right now, or the car you're driving as you're listening... Everything you see once upon a time never existed. Mm -hmm. However, everything needed to create it was always here. So we're going to teach you how to open it up because we need your genius. And your genius is not mine. I am just the guide to help you go through. And when I go through with you, then we get greater experiences together. When I hear your story, greater experiences and we expand and you'll live forever. by the people you bring here and the people you touch through your Mm -hmm. words and through your actions and through your life's purpose. Oh man, I mean,
0: where's the mic? Well, I, can I know, him.
1: right? <laughs> <laughs> so
0: that was powerful. Mic drop. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that was, that was you powerful.
1: That,
0: yeah, I know we had a dummy mic somewhere. But uh yeah, that was that <laughs> that was that was that right there. That's how you close it out. Like we don't need to put anything on the end of that. That needs to stand on its own. Like we appreciate that. Like, I, I got so much from what you've shared. And I like I said John talked about you, but I've never met you myself. I sat across from you just now, and everything in me wanted me to jump through the screen and just sit there with a notepad and a recorder at your feet and just listen to every single word and write down everything you said and do it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't I, I didn't know what to do. I was captivated thank you so much i cannot wait to be able to um to be able to connect with you more to be able to speak you know in 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 whatever space i'm able to you know around you i like i, I want to learn from you <laughs> you
2: know it's just like this is good yeah. this yeah. is really good well, let's Thank start you. by getting the podcast on JD3 TV so I can help you get that word out as well. Yes, sir. We'll look yes, at sir. the network. We can get we on can, you know, Zoom. I can walk you through it. You have your own channel. Uh, I'll show okay. you how, how to expand that and how to expand that reach as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, after that, we're going to be in Atlanta uh, with events. And you all are definitely be a part of that and feature yeah. And uh, we can do some real cool stuff. Oh, that's awesome. Sounds
0: great. That is awesome. Thank you so much. All of for our that.
1: viewers and listeners, make sure to go to the websites that he pushed earlier, JD3TV. Mm-hmm. Look for The Limitless Experience and jamesdentley.com. Yes. Until next time, remain blessed and unstoppable.
0: Thank you all. If you're going to hustle, remember, hustle faithfully.